0: This is the Coffee Commune podcast, where the coffee community comes to collaborate, showcasing today another of our Coffee Commune members. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee Commune podcast. My name is Rehan. I'm the General Manager for International Coffee Traders. Today on the show, we've got Joshua Clifton, author of The Hospitality Survival Guide. Really great book. He's also an industry consultant and a guru for the hospitality industries, specifically in specializing in cafes. So, uh, Joshua, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Make sure you listen to the end of the podcast because Joshua is going to tell us about how you can get a special one-hour consultation with him welcome thank you thanks for having me on good to have you here you're no stranger to podcasts you've done a few podcasts with others and uh, and your own as well tell us a little bit about sort of what do you do right now what's your main focus
1: right now it's a combination of things you know with COVID coming into the scene you know it's a lots of adaptability and and responding to the market with their needs at the moment but holistically what i normally do is help businesses with their marketing, with business development, with their brand, you know, understanding their message and how to communicate that most effectively. And that's very important for hospitality businesses that are driven a lot around customer interactions. So for now, though, it's a little bit of damage control. It's a little bit of understanding what's happening and offering help and guidance where I can. So you
0: specifically talk to cafes or do you talk to others as well, like restaurants or other hospitality businesses? or is cafes really your, your focus?
1: Look, um, I do speak to all all of them, Um, however, predominantly with the book that was recently published more geared towards the cafe industry, it has predominantly been with cafe operators in the last few years, yeah.
0: So, what's the biggest challenges that you're seeing out there at the moment?
1: Biggest challenges right now is just how to respond to things like lockdown laws, things like shutting practices down, you know, with hours notice, I think is a very, very challenging aspect, specifically for the hospitality industry that is geared so much towards one-on-one interactions, people actually coming into the shop. So it's sort of understanding COVID regulations, understanding how to stay connected with their customers through lockdowns. And probably looking towards a little around how to deliver their products in other ways. So online delivery platforms and those kind of things as well.
0: Okay. So here's a question for you. When I worked in cafes, we were big on customer service being the number one rule. Delivering incredible coffee experiences, one-on-one experiences with people, looking them in the eye and, you know, making sure that they have a great time. How do you deliver exceptional experience when you don't have a customer directly in front of you? Yeah. You know, like through an online delivery platform, how do you deliver exceptional experience?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it is key to, to that um, success factor in the industry. At the moment, it's understanding that customers are still going to buy coffee. They're still going to go get food. They're still going to go get those services. It's just a matter of how at the moment, those interactions are still what people crave. They still want them with the lockdown that was recently lifted. It was at 4 o'clock, I think, on the Sunday just going here in Queensland. And I remember going for a drive and I just wanted to have a look around and see the restaurants and see how they're going. And every restaurant I drove past, and this was at 4 p.m. lockdown lifted, every restaurant was full, you know, and it was a beautiful thing to see because that's what they crave. Keeping those interactions outside of the physical contacts really depends on how you are staying connected to your customers, either through social media, through adapting your product to be able to deliver them to them in some way. Because I find in anywhere in the world, customers are very loyal to brands. In Australia, I think it's very common. We're very loyal to brands. We don't like sort of big chain, multifaceted businesses. We like those shops that we're connected to. So, if they're finding ways to stay connected to them, like I said, through social media, through delivery platforms, that's really going to assist in maintaining that relationship. And the customers know, like, it's they know it's not their fault. They want to stay connected with them. It, there isn't that much they need to do to keep that connection going. It's just letting them know that they're still there in some way and they are making an effort to stay connected.
0: So like, it sounds like it's it's just about realizing that even though an order comes in now by email or text message, that there's still a human being on the other end of that transaction, even though you can't see them physically standing in front of you. Absolutely. They know that they're struggling. If
1: this was a case of a cafe or going down and they had all their operations ceased for whatever reason, you know that would be, I would say, more difficult to maintain those relationships because people could just go, you know what, we'll just go somewhere else because we can't get that from these guys now. But because there's this whole saturation of everyone going down at the same time, it's pretty, I think it's an easy way to keep that connection strong.
0: So do you think the strategies or the the new ways of reaching customers because of the COVID crisis now, do you think that this has made permanent changes to the way that we do business? Or do you think it's short term and we'll kind of go back to back to the old way after everything dies down? Yeah, look, that's a
1: really great question. I actually had a feeling you were going to ask me that question.
0: <laughs> don't ask me why,
1: but I had a feeling. I think we will see the market adapt to have this as part of their routine in the future. I don't think this is something that'll pass. I think people have become reliant on the ease of accessibility now for products. Like if I can still, like I said, if you still want to get your morning coffee somewhere, you're still going to get your food somewhere. And if I can get that through this company, through this business in a different way and still get the same product and service, there's a good chance I'm probably going to keep doing that if I can in the future. I'm sure a lot of people would prefer sometimes to, hey, if I can get my breakfast and coffee delivered or I can go in and I have those options now, Some people are still going to stay connected to that just because of what the market has done. So yeah, I think it'll be a a merger of
0: the two. So if if I'm a cafe owner and I come to you, Mr. Joshua Clifton, and I say, I need your help, what do you do specifically or how do you help me? Sure. First of all, it's understanding where
1: they are at at the moment. So what are they struggling with the most? Is it, is it a financial aspect? Is it understanding their team and how a reduction in hours is going to affect their bottom line? Is it options they're looking for to reach their customers? Are they looking for online delivery platforms? So right now, even though what I effectively do is build brands and help businesses communicate with customers. At the moment, it's more around the lines of let me point you in the right direction and provide you with some key companies and businesses that I have a relationship with to ensure that those immediate needs are met before we can work on building the business back up because this isn't sustainable, what we're doing right now, and it has to lift in some way, shape or form. So I believe we will go back to some sort of a new normal, but for the moment it's effectively Uh, damage control, and also opportunities as well. When COVID first hit, it knocked out a a percentage of the market pretty quickly. These cafes may have been struggling initially, and this just sort of pushed them over the edge. But it has mean that there is more traffic now towards those cafes that have adapted, that have evolved and now managed. So there is more opportunity there for some of those as well. So it's a combination of are they wanting opportunities to continue their big growth or just
0: maintain and keep their head above water. So let's say I'm a cafe owner and I've got sort of, you know how cafe owners are. They do everything. They're the accountant. They're the man at the front. They are the marketing guy. They are the everything. I want to build my social media presence. I want to get online. I want to do deliveries. I want to improve my cycle of service to my customers coming in. I need to deal with lockdown. What's the sort of priorities? If I had all of these things to work on, what are the top three that I should go to first? COVID regulations,
1: number one, make sure that your product is in line with government structure as they've put out. That's number one. Number two is looking at your software and how you manage your money now, like from going to basically you know, having a 40 to 200-hour 40 to roster to now – some people are only having six hours a week. You know, can you adapt now that new rostering system to to show how you spend your money? So things like your your zero, some good software accounts, things to merge all that together to ensure that you can now understand that, hey, if this keeps going for the next three weeks, how do I break even and how do I turn a profit? So software is number one. And the third is how can I, like you mentioned, adapt now to stay connected with customers because... As we said, people are still buying it. So I would be looking at some delivery options and focusing as well on your retail aspects. So if you're a cafe that's just a bustling cafe pre-COVID, you know, I would definitely be looking at staying connected by offering your products and services and other things on an online retail aspect of your shop on your website while combining that with potential delivery platforms, doing your research, going through the top. Three or four, and and then also looking at doing it yourself as well. So that'd be my top three.
0: Suddenly, everyone has to become a little bit entrepreneurial. Where we could have maybe had a core business, a solid core business, for a couple of years, and then now suddenly we have to start innovating. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: It's what it is. It's what's been forced on us, and it's it's that adaptability. That's that's everything right now. Um, if you can flex and adapt quite easily, and look and know that there are cafes that are doing well out of this this isn't all doom and gloom there is potential here but it's about doing your research and seeing what's working right now and maybe asking yourself how flexible am i to adapt to this and am i willing to
0: so have you got any examples of cafes that have done this or that have sort of shifted their model to introduce delivery or to introduce more online services not a particular one i
1: like in the group i see in members talking about that they are doing well and that their business has grown and that they've uh, adapted COVID-safe practices to deliver their coffee more efficiently and effectively in what they do. So it's more just around systems and structures to be compliant, but also still be able to deliver their product. And some cafes are more flexible to do that than others. A cafe in the city is going to be a lot more difficult to be able to do that than a cafe, say, in the suburbs where they could do some contactless sort of communication and travel up and pick up their goods and services a bit faster. So it is dependable, but it really does come down to how to still deliver their product on in a retail space and a delivery platform space.
0: I can imagine coffee would be a hard one to get out on a delivery because... It's got to travel in a paper cup with a little flimsy plastic lid and it's got to get to its destination without (laughs) spilling all over. That's Mm -hmm. a completely different channel. That's more logistics. But Mm -hmm. I can imagine there must be some delivery companies really looking at this and going, how do we, with the amount of deliveries that are now going out, Mm -hmm. if you're saying that the demands have gone up, Mm -hmm. there are a lot more cafes doing online delivery. Mm -hmm. Do you think the delivery platforms are keeping up? I think they're forced to, but there's still a long way to go.
1: Coffee, I have bought coffee through a delivery app and 100 percent of the time it was spilt <laughs> it was a mess and i did it to try i wanted to see how well it was and it was yeah. it was pretty poor and i don't blame it. that's a difficult thing to transport but you know what i'm seeing with lockdowns and i think sydney it's a very tough situation there because some people will just not buy coffee delivered to their door they just won't they want to come in and for some of those cafes where they can't physically go anywhere near the shop now, for them, it's just a case of keeping their head above water. How do I deliver, say, my breakfast and my lunch and retail products online to keep my head above water? But when those lockdowns lift to a certain extent, it's how do we can deliver that coffee in-house now at a much faster
0: pace. Okay. So you mentioned that consumers generally are quite brand loyal. Mm-hmm. Do you think that still applies to coffee or do you think convenience is more important than loyalty to a brand?
1: Being forced into this environment we are now with lockdowns and covid regulations and everything, you know, I think yes, I think people are very loyal to a brand to a point, but they still want to be able to get their morning coffee and convenience is an incredibly important part. I mean, pre-covid, you know, you could have the best coffee out there, but if your parking is terrible, if I can't get to your shop, if it's not easy for me to consume what you do, that's gonna affect people's loyalty. So in this case, I think it will take time to dissolve loyalty, but there is such high levels of convenience now, it's a very tough situation to be in because I often ask myself when I order food, for example, through a delivery platform, whichever one that is, would I be having that food if it wasn't for that delivery platform in general? So it's not a case of I still want to support my local, but now I've got all these other people who are doing the same thing and a bit more accessible and I can get what they do a lot easier. Sometimes I will pick that because I still want to eat, I still want to drink my coffee and those kind of things, and I still want to remain loyal. lawyer. But I think there's that overarching mentality that this will be over at some point and I will go back to that cafe and that brand eventually. But for now, I'll do what it takes to get what I need to. And I think convenience does reign supreme in this environment we're in right now. So do you think it's possible to make convenience your point of difference? At this point in time, yes. I think you can. I think because we still want to have food, we still want to drink coffee. I think, you know, I, I try not to Generalized based on my own experience. I try to look holistically on the cafe industry and what I'm seeing in the Australian Cafe Owners Network. And I think it is convenience-driven right now, but with the mentality that I'm only doing this now because of what's happening in the environment, I will eventually go back
0: unless that product or that service and that coffee is better. So let's look ahead to five years from now. What do you see yourself offering the hospitality industry in the future? Where is your journey taking you? Look, pre-COVID,
1: it was brand development. It was business development. It was understanding your core message to stand out from the crowd. That was my core business. And it still is. And right now, it's very... Trying to be as proactive as possible and offer guidance based on the circumstances. In five years from now, what I've learned now is my own ability to adapt to what customers need right now. I know that what I can offer will help businesses grow, but in five years from now, it depends on are we still going to be going down this same path? Are we still going to be having random lockdowns is COVID
0: who knows kind of, there might be some other crisis that we have
1: to deal with well you know that that's <laughs> that's exactly right like it, it's a very difficult question and I can only really answer it based on the experiences up until this point and the answer for me would be how well I can adapt to a changing market and how can I deliver my product
0: in as many ways as possible all right let's play a little game see how this goes because my job is primarily in green coffee Mm -hmm. and what i'm seeing right now is green coffee prices are going up a lot Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. the cost of producing coffee is super high Mm -hmm. farmers are no longer willing to accept just pennies for their labor Mm -hmm. and i expect that in five years time you know the cost of production of coffee is going to be a lot higher than it is now Mm So in the face of that, when coffee roasters have to spend more mm-hmm. for their raw materials mm-hmm. and they have to pass that on mm-hmm. and cafe owners have to spend more for their coffee, mm-hmm. potentially you could be, customers could be spending mm-hmm. 7 $8 mm-hmm. for a cup of coffee. That's not going to be unreasonable. Mm-hmm. How would you help a cafe owner that says, I now have to charge $8 for my coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm losing customers. People love coffee. They're going to drink coffee and i think they are very
1: much willing to pay for an eight dollar cup of coffee if need be so i think what we'll see is we will see uh, the cafe industry dissolve quite a bit in terms of competition i think it will come down to those people who are really dedicated to the craft of coffee delivering exceptional coffee understanding the processes educating the customer as best they can as to why they are different, as to why they are choosing the coffee that they do. We're seeing now that a lot of people are looking at how we buy and consume products, where things are coming from right now. And I think that's just going to continue to expand. The more that you can share with your customer, show a reason outside of just making exceptional coffee like um a good example is i like to use this cafe um 214 they support vets with what they do like there's a big why behind why they're doing what they're doing and i think that will be a a catalyst for a lot of people in five years time is it can't just be about coffee anymore it's got to be something bigger that's associated with that that they're supporting something bigger that someone Can feel connected to because that's what it all comes down to is connection. The same thing is why when you look at a Ferrari versus a Toyota, you know, what's the difference? They're both vehicles, they both get you to A to B, they both do similarly. So, what's the difference? You know, why can they charge 40 times more? You know, it's that belief and that message like you love that brand, you love what they stand for. It's more than just a race car it's more to them and i think that's you're going to see that shift in cafes right now it's it's going to be more than coffee it's going to be and i'm not saying you have to go out and give to a charity or or do all those things with your coffee but like i think to show why i have to pay nearly twice as much for my coffee I kind of want to know twice as much (laughs) about that coffee and about you as well just to ensure that that money's well spent like no one has any issues buying a five dollar coffee at the moment they'll go in they'll go buy for the most part they don't have a problem with it so how do you justify a three dollar increase not by saying hey our costs are going up it's not enough it's like what else are you doing that i can really show that that extra three dollars is worth it
0: i think it's a great point it's more about value than really about what the actual cost is. Mm -hmm. I think people will, exactly like you said, people are willing to spend the money if they feel like they're getting good value for it. Mm -hmm. When value exceeds cost, a sale is made. Awesome, I love that, absolutely love that. All right, so for members of the coffee commune or anyone associated with the coffee commune that wants to get in touch with you, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to do that and what can you offer them for a first time meeting? Look, I normally through my website um, offer a free
1: 15 minute consultation just to determine where they're at and whether what I have on offer can help them. For the coffee commune I you know I speak with a lot of cafe owners and right now there's a lot of different needs that need to be met and I want to offer a full hour free consultation to really hone in and see in that hour that I can give them a little bit of guidance or direct them in the right direction at the very least. And what's your website and email Sure. So, website is masterhost.com.au and email is info at masterhost.com.au. And either way, there's contact forms on the website. Reach out to me there and we can lock in a time.
0: We'll make sure to link all of these contact details in the show notes. Josh, it's been amazing talking to you. It's always fun whenever we get together to chat. Thanks so much for being part of the show. Thanks so much, Ray. Thank you for listening to the Coffee Commune podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you're listening.